it's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Usually I go around the NFL, start with some uh, just whatever news, whatever's going on across the whole league, but let's... Let's stay close to home today. Let's start with some Raider Nuggets. Uh, found out last night that defensive tackle Andrew Billings has signed with the Silver and Black. He's 26 years old, played six games for the Browns last season. Uh, the Dolphins signed him to the practice squad in November after the Browns cut him. And then uh, he didn't play in Miami and also signed with the Chiefs practice squad for the postseason. But he did not play. Now, I'm very familiar with Andrew Billings as he's a Baylor guy. Uh, he's from Waco, Texas, went to Waco High. This dude, DeMond, would be like, DeMond would get along with Andrew Billings really well. Andrew Billings is a weightlifting dude. I mean, this guy has broken records when it comes to powerlifting uh, back in high school. So, DeMond, I think you and Andrew Billings would get along really well. This dude's a little bit shorter. He's not the biggest dude, but, man, he's strong. He is a strong, strong dude. So, I don't know exactly what his role is going to be outside of he'll have a place in camp if they, if they, you know, if he's on the roster uh, heading into training camp, and he'll be able to compete. He's only 26 years old. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that is going to solve all the you know defensive tackle issues that the Raiders may have. He's a guy that'll be a depth piece. He'll be a guy that's part of a rotation if he makes a squad. But just from a factor of knowing him and know what he's capable of doing and remember what he did uh, at Baylor and uh, what he was able to do when the Cincinnati Bengals signed him, I mean, I think it's a, it's a nice signing, but like I said, it's, it's more depth than anything else. It's not a superstar signing. Don't don't get it twisted. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you say that about his size because he's listed at 6'1", let's just say 330. I'd be I, I'd be shocked if he was actually 6'1". Exactly. So six foot, maybe 330. Right. right. You don't really see those defensive tackles anymore in the league. There was a reason why he had to go to Baylor. If he had been 6'3", six, 6'4", six, little taller, he would have been going to any school in the, in the country. I mean, seriously, any school in the country because this dude was just – he was a monster. I mean, you can go back and look at some Andrew Billings highlights from his time at Baylor. And this dude, you want to talk about a guy, we laugh at the 40-yard dash, and I say the big man don't have to run the 40-yard dash. This dude was downfield making big plays. He was tackling guys with one arm. He was, I mean, he was just doing all kinds of things, taking up a ton of space. Uh, they called him Dollar Bill for a reason. Now, again, fourth-round draft pick out of Baylor, uh, went, to, went to Cincinnati. You know, he's coming from the Big 12, so the def- defensive guys are never really looked at as super studs when they come from the Big 12, whether that's fair or not. But, again, I think this would be a good piece, a good depth signing. So uh, Andrew Billings is signed to the Raiders right now. And as a matter of fact, a little programming note, he'll be on our show tomorrow. He will be on this show tomorrow to talk about his signing. Uh, he didn't play uh, in the year in 2020 because of COVID. He decided he wanted to uh, opt out for him and his family. And, actually, I'll tell you a quick, a quick story about Andrew Billings. When he was getting drafted, it was the draft in Chicago, and we were at this place called Pub City. I think that was the name of the sports bar, Pub City. We were doing our shows live from there, and he came by to be on the show right before the draft, and his mom left her phone at our booth, and they had left and gone to the hotel to get ready for the draft that night. So I saw it, and I said, oh, man, I think this is Andrew Billings' mom's phone or somebody in his camp's phone. So my program director, David Smoke, reached out to, to Andrew and said, hey, we got a phone here. And he said, oh, man, that's my mom's phone. Could you bring it to the hotel? So my show was over. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll bring it to the hotel. Where's it at? And they gave me the directions, right? It wasn't that far. I'm in Chicago, dog. I ain't never been to Chicago before. So I get there, no problem. I drop off the phone, no problem. I walk outside of the hotel, and I look, and everything looks the same. So I'm lost like a mug. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm lost, and I ain't even, I don't know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I went one way and I realized, okay, that's not the right way. I went another way and realized, okay, that's not the wrong. All right, I'm going. I'm I'm totally lost. And then it starts raining and I'm walking mm. and I was like, you've got to be kidding me that I'm 
I'm walking in the rain in Chicago and don't have a clue where I'm at. I did find a bar that was on Bar Rescue while I was there. It was kind of cool. But, you know, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I did. I ran into it. I was like, oh, that's the, bar, that's the bar from Bar Rescue. I remember watching that show. So that was cool. But I was literally getting rained on. And then I finally eventually found my way back to the place we were supposed to be at. How long did that take you? Oh, dog. Oh, I was roaming the streets for a good hour. A, a, a good hour. I was lost. I was lost like a ball in high weeds. You know what I mean? Like when you hit the baseball and it goes into the weeds and you know damn well you ain't going to find it because the weeds are so high, but you still try. That was me. At any point, did you think maybe going back up to Andrew and them's hotel room? No, because you like, don't admit to those guys that you're lost. Y'all don't admit to anybody that you're lost. I could have called my boss and been like, hey, man, can you tell ask somebody how to get me back? But I was oh, like, sorry, no. My phone wasn't dead. Yeah. No, I had my phone. I was just like, I'm not no dummy. I'm going to find my way back. And you could have just called an Uber and put in like the address of where you were at. I probably could have done that. I didn't think of that. That was a smart, smart move. But I didn't think about that. But I'm not going to sit there and be on Man, hey, you got too much pride for me. Smoke, I'm lost, man. Can you can you tell me how to get back to? No, man, I'm, I got to be the leader of the crew, man. I can't be lost. Too cool for school. Too hey, cool man. for directions. I'm that guy that will be in the car riding and be like, Q, I think we missed a turn. No, we didn't. This is the way I wanted to go. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ask Jared. <laughs> we just drove to L.A. Ask Jared. He'd be like, oh, I think, I think, you know, Jared, hey, boss, I think we missed the turn. Oh, no, 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 man. I got the GPS. Is it? No, no, I think we, I think we missed the turn. Ah, oh, man, Jared, shut up. Go back to sleep or something. We'll be all right. That's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm that guy, man. I don't want... Uh, I don't want to admit, and the wife does it to me all the time. She's like, oh, I think you're supposed to turn left there. I was like, no, I wasn't. She don't even know her left from her right half the time. <sighs> anyway, Andrew Billings will be on the show tomorrow to talk about him signing with the Raiders. Also, uh, we mentioned it to start the show. The uh, Hall of Fame game on August 4th will be the Raiders and the Jaguars. That's the first preseason game of 2022. Uh, and 2022 international games. The teams have been announced for Mexico City. It's going to be the Cardinals. And then in London, the Packers, Saints, Jaguars, and then in Munich, it'll be the Buccaneers. So everyone's been hitting me up. Q, you think the Raiders are going to be playing in uh, Mexico City? No. But they do have a chance to play in London because they're scheduled to be the away team against the Jaguars and the Saints. So wouldn't that be something? You play the Jaguars in the Hall of Fame game to start the regular the preseason off, and then you end up going across the seas in London to play the Jaguars again. Wouldn't that be something? It would be. And then you know how like you always want to be the man on the street. I'll take this one for the team. If you could uh I'll get me out to London, you know. Yeah, go on. I'll take you. You gonna no. flip the bill? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, tell let me, let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> Lotus Broadcasting didn't send me to those games I went to. <laughs> let me tell you that. <laughs> That's why you need a raise, right? <laughs> exactly, so I can go out to London. So I can make it happen. Maybe Germany. Wherever, right. Yeah. No, that would be cool, though. Uh, I'm not a big fan of London games. I'm not. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. Especially out here on the West Coast, man. Right. You so, can forget about me watching that game. Man, I'm telling you. But, no, I mean, hey, if they do play in London, and I know there's a strong possibility, I'd rather it be, and this is just me being selfish, I'd rather it be the Saints than the Jaguars. But then if they're going to play the Saints on the road, I'd rather them play the Saints in New Orleans, you know, because that'll be a game that I go to for sure. Oh, for selfish purposes. Yeah, selfish purposes. I was thinking, purposes. no, no that'll, be, that'll be a win Well, nah. going on the road. I mean, if you're going to go on the road to London, play a, play a team that's going to be fun. Like the Jaguars, or not the Jaguars, like the Saints. And they might not even be that fun. Who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Probably be Jameis, but I, I, don't want to, I don't want them to go play the Jags. Hmm. That's like the Jags of their home. But that's just me. That's just me being selfish. I do that every once in a while. Speaking of the Jags, we're going to have Tony Khan, son of Jaguars owner Shad Khan, on Wednesday. Man, DeMond is so fired up about this. That's right. You talked to Tony Khan when we were in L.A. for the Super Bowl on Radio Row. Uh, you were able to talk to him. You were at his event, an event that he was part of on Saturday night. 
a nice little boxing fight or yeah, boxing uh, event that was going on. Where was that at? What what hotel was that at? It was at the Cosmopolitan. That's right. Well, you'll talk about that before the show gets wrapped up. You'll talk about your experience that you had uh, at the Cosmo on Saturday night and our guy that we interviewed actually lost. Yo, like you said, we'll talk about it later because <laughs> if you want to get into it now, we can't. No, can, no, whoa. no, no. Because I realized that that was a. Yeah. You that, know what? You know what? You know what he reminded me of? Huh. Now that I think about it, that's probably how you would be in any athletic endeavor. Oh, I'd be talking a lot of trash and yeah, lose? exactly. I ain't losing, though. Q, what do you think about your opponent? I haven't done no studying because it don't matter because I'm Q Myers. Nah, see, that's the what I Bell don't rings. do. <laughs> it ain't been one time that I've ever walked into the studio and I hadn't done some studying. That's the one thing you can, you can promise that. You know that for a fact. There ain't been one time I've walked in the studio unprepared. That's what I wouldn't do. That's that. I am not that guy, but... I understand what you're saying. Brag a lot and then all of a sudden take a whooping. I get it. I get it. That's a good cheap shot that you sent me. That's okay. That's okay, Mike. That's all right. Still got that UFC coming up that you want to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there went your credential. There went your credential. How about this? In Tampa Bay, uh, Ali Marpet, he retired. Uh, he's a guard. He's been in the league for a while now. Not not a whole long time, but I mean, he retired at 28 years old after seven seasons. He's been to the Pro Bowl this past season. He was here in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. Uh, went to the Super Bowl, obviously, with Tom Brady the very first year that Tom was in Tampa Bay. And uh, he's just done. Hung it up. It was pretty uh, surprising to see that happen and roll out on Sunday. But uh, Ali Marpet from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is officially retired. Uh, the Saints are doing work. We were talking about the Saints and who their quarterback's going to be. They're continuing to do work. They created almost $34 million in cap space over the weekend. Just over the weekend. Now, I'm not saying that they're where they need to be because they still have about, I don't know, $42 million that they got to clear. But they were able to clear up $34 million just over the weekend. So uh, they're going to get a lot of their guys that they want to have. A lot of people are hitting me up talking about Michael Thomas. Go get him. Look, the Saints ain't going to let him go. They're going to get them all under contract. They'll be fine. They're just working it out. That's just something that they have to do. But, uh, yeah, the Saints, $34 million in cap space. They restructured by – or they restructured three names. Michael Thomas's contract, Ryan Ramchak's uh, contract, and guard Andrews Pete. Uh, they they did all three of those guys and created about thirty four million in cap space. So uh, they still got some work to do, but I do believe that they'll get that done. And my final little nugget for Cover Three NFL news and notes of the day, and then we'll get to Coach Kevin Soares from Liberty High School, is the overtime rules are going to be addressed again. So exhausting talking about these overtime rules, and so many people overreacting to one game where they saw and they wanted to see more of it, and Josh Allen didn't get the chance to get the, his hands on the, on the ball. Even though he had his hands on the ball the whole damn game, including overtime, they went back and forth. But because of that, now all of a sudden, everyone's got to go reevaluate the situation when it comes to overtime rules. So they're going to address it again this week with the committee there in Indianapolis. So we're going to hear a lot more about this before it's all said and done. I don't think they need to change the rules, but you know, I didn't think they needed to change the defensive back. Uh, rule when it came to pass interference and all of a sudden you can review that that play or whatever remember when they did that a couple years ago after that terrible non-call when the Rams uh, blew up the Saints remember that play and they didn't oh yeah but you say that but I think the Rams would have loved it if it was in the Super Bowl I know they still won the game but they'd have been been able to go back and say are you talking about the offensive pass interference as well you can go back and review that as well right 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 those are all overreactions that should have been a play they should have been been called correctly to begin with you know what I mean it should have been called correctly to begin with so I don't think you should have to go back and review those. But I just think that addressing the overtime rules again 
is, again, another overreaction. But that's just me, so we'll hear it throughout the course of the week from Indianapolis as the Rules Committee will be talking about it. 314 is the time when we come back. Coach Kevin Soares, Liberty High School basketball coach, they picked up a huge win over Bishop Gorman on Saturday night to secure the 5A Boys Basketball State Championship, bringing it to Henderson. Bringing it home to Henderson, we'll talk to Coach next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone line is Liberty High School boys basketball coach Kevin Soares. And coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to have you on to talk about your team, the Liberty Patriots, knocking off Bishop Gorman in Reno on Saturday night, 63-62 in overtime, bringing home a 5A boys state championship. Uh, Even hearing that a couple days later, how does that feel, coach? It feels great. You know, it's just slowly st- uh, sinking in. Um, you know, after we, after you win it, you know, you got you got a lot of people to talk to, a lot of congratulations, and you know, so you don't really get to uh, let it sink in. But uh, you know, the bus drive, you just sit back and reflect, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a it was a great accomplishment that we uh, we achieved, and I'm so proud of the boys for doing it. Absolutely. And I mean, the thing about it is, you know, going into the game, uh, was it ever in, in the in the player's mind or your mind that, hey, you know, we've lost to this team multiple times this season, but that doesn't matter. It's all about ma- what matters in this game tonight. Yeah, exactly. You know, our goal from the beginning of the season was to win the state title. Um, the only way to do that is to, you know, go through the best and the team that, you know, won the last nine state titles uh, was standing in our way. And we fortunately, we got the opportunity. We had the opportunity to play them you know, three times and those three times playing them actually helped us prepare for uh, uh, Saturday night. How important was it? I saw where you said that, you know, you guys didn't want to play their game. You wanted to make sure you played your game, slow it down. How, how important was it that you were able to execute that? Well, it was very super important. I mean, you know, we tried running with them for the uh, three previous games and we always ran out of gas, you know, in the second half. So, you know, the one thing we wanted to do was try to control the tempo as much as we could make them play a little bit defense, make, uh, make them work a little bit harder on defense. And, uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, it would wear on them down the stretch in the second half. And I think it kind of did because their shots were falling a little bit short, too. Well, I saw where a couple of your, your big-time players, Josh Jefferson and Deaton Thomas, both talked about, you know, remembering games, prior games and prior state title runs that, that fell a little bit short, Jefferson in particular. That was kind of in their mind. I mean, how big is, uh, is that as far as leadership goes to kind of say, hey, we don't want to have that feeling again. We want to get over the hump this time. Oh, it was huge. I mean, you know, Joshua had to sit on, a, uh, sit on it for two years, you know. Mm-hmm. Last time uh, he lost to him at the buzzer back when he was a sophomore. And then we had the pandemic, so we had no season. So, you know, that's a long time to wait to get that opportunity uh, again. And, you know, we were just happy that we were able to put ourselves in a position to uh, have that opportunity. And, you know, it paid off. Talking right now with uh, Coach Kevin Soares here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. He's a Liberty High School basketball coach, just won a state championship, 5A boys state championship uh, over Gorman on Saturday night. And, you know, what did it mean to, to be able to have this season? You mentioned not having a season with COVID. What did it mean to have this season and then parlay that season into a championship? You know, it's, it's a credit to these kids, man. Um, to, to miss an entire year of basketball, you know, we've had, we had Aaron Price as a kid that, Actually, had he missed two seasons uh, because he transferred over here after his freshman year. So, you know that's that's so 
people and that can really wear on you mentally. And these kids were just very mentally strong and, and, and tough and they hung in there and they just worked, kept working to make, make themselves better individually. And then, uh, you know, when I took the job over here, we got together. First time we met was back in May. And from then on, it, you know, it was time. That was our goal. We set that as our goal and we worked to achieve it. Yeah, and you did do that. So Saturday night when you're seeing your players cut those nets down, what, what's going through your mind? Just, you know, just so happy for them. You know, that, that that's the thing. Uh, you know, the one thing I always talked to them about was the bond that this would would, would create for um, those those guys as players for the rest of their lives. You know, it's more than about just being teammates. It's about being friends and family. And they're all brothers. So, you know, I, I experienced that way back when, when I was in high school and I've always wanted to be able to coach a team and have them experience the same thing. And, and Saturday night, we got it done. You really did. And coach, you've, you've always had a history of, of winning uh, both as a player and as a coach. I mean, so how much does that help you when you're out there coaching and the, your players know that, Hey, this guy's been there, done that. Uh, he holds records. I mean, he's just, you, you know what you're talking about. How much easier is that to kind of get them to buy in? Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, cause you know, those are just words, you know, you can tell them, you know, this is what I've done. You can give them your resume all you want, right. But you, you got to go out there and you got to show them each day. And, you know, it, it, there, there was some, they were a little skeptical at first, you know, mm-hmm. being me, I was, I was a new coach uh, to the program. Um, but slowly but surely they started buying in. And once they did that, you know, um, you know, our slogan, the last t- couple of weeks was, you know, lock in and we, we locked in and, and we set our, our, our sights on what we were trying to achieve from day one. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not it's not the uh, the hardest thing in the world to try to get teenagers to follow you, right? <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you know, I mean, I, it's been like 30 years since, you know, oh, a little over 30 years since I played high school ball. So, you know, they, they don't know. They don't care what you did 30 years ago. You know, they want to know what, what you can do for them now. So, right. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, it was it was funny, but at the same time, like I said, you know, I knew what I was stepping into and and um, they're just a great group of kids and they, they really they really bought it. Yeah, well, that that was awesome to see them get that victory Saturday night overtime fashion, 63-62. I mean, it doesn't get any closer or any better than that. Now, obviously on the court, it means a ton. Obviously, it means a ton in the locker room. But as far as the community goes, and I talk about this with high school football coaches, with just coaches in general, I mean, the community, it, it means so much more than just wins and losses and X's and O's and all that other stuff. It, it's it's really a community base and helping raise young men. Uh, you could be their father figure. You could be their mentor, their best friend. You could, I mean, your buddy, whatever. What does it mean to you to just to be a coach here in the community and, and, and kind of help raise these young men as well? You know, it means it means the world to me. You know, this is what this is why I chose this profession. Um, back in my day, this is what, you know, people did for me. You know, I had a lot of mentors, a lot of older guys that I looked up to. And I'm just trying to do the same and give back, you know, to the kids that I have access to. And, you know, hopefully, you know, this will strengthen our our relationship and this will be a bond that we'll have for the rest of our lives with these these guys. And it must feel pretty good what you guys got cooking over there at Liberty. Obviously, the success on the football field, but uh, bringing home a state championship on the hoop court is, is pretty special as well. You got got a nice little thing going there at Liberty. Yeah, you know, um, when I got offered the job, um, you know, I got caught off guard with it. But, you know, once I saw um, – the way they do things over here, it was just something I couldn't turn down. And, you know, I couldn't be uh, more happy with my decision to come on over. And I'm just looking forward to the next few years I, I got left here. I heard that. Well, enjoy this one. Soak it in. Uh, enjoy it with your players. And like I said, the community and, and all the students and, and teachers there at Liberty. 
everyone's excited about that. Uh, before I let you go, I know the, the welcome home celebration happened on uh, on Sunday. What was that like to pull up to the school and see people out there waiting for you guys? Yeah, you know, that was, it meant the world. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's just nice that, that people take notice and appreciate the hard work that these kids put in. And, and you know, they deserve that, uh, that welcoming coming back. Well, congratulations again, Coach. We're very proud of you bringing the state championship uh, here to Henderson. You know, back to Henderson, a uh, big win over Bishop Gorman. And so uh, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a nice feather in the cap right there for Liberty. So uh, congratulations. Enjoy it. And uh, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thanks, thanks for having me. There he goes. That's Coach Kevin Soares right there, Liberty High School basketball coach. Winners of the 5A Boys State Championship 63-62 win over Bishop Gorman on Saturday night up in Reno. Coming up next, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Review Journal. He'll join us to talk about the combine this week, what he thinks the Raiders should do in free agency, the event that took place Friday night with Derek Carr, and more here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Coach Kevin Soares from Liberty High School joining us in the last segment to talk about the big victory over Bishop Gorman on Saturday night. 5A Boys Basketball State Championship brought it back to Liberty. So big ups to Coach Soros and Liberty. Right now on the phone lines, we have our guy from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal, Ed Graney. And Ed, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you as always. And I got to ask, man, because it was a big to-do on Friday. Got to get to UNLV. Got to go hear what Derek Carr's got to say. I'll be the guy that says I didn't think it was going to be about too much of anything except for what he had going on off the field, which was his business adventures and him, you know, his preaching and all that, which is great. But as far as just football, I didn't think it was going to have a lot to do with that. What was your overall take from what happened Friday night? Well, my first overall take is that was a great intro because I thought you were Tim Brown. <laughs> like, I said, man, Tim Brown sounds just like you. I didn't know Tim Brown was coming up after you. I am a Hall so, of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, man, that's, 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 boy, Tim Brown and Q sound exactly the same. Nice. Um, not uh, not surprised at all. I mean, you have to go out. You have to ask the questions. You have to see if he'll give you anything. But he wasn't going to give anybody anything. I mean, obviously, they're still debating. They're not debating, but obviously trying to figure out what they're going to do with him and, you know, how they're going to approach this extension, if there's an extension. So I'm not surprised that, uh, that he didn't say much at all. But, again, you had to go out and you had to ask him the question just in case. He's just not a guy who, for the most part, you know, you know him as well as anyone. For the most part, He's not going to go out on some limb and start talking about this is what I want to throw on. I mean, the most, you know, the most serious things he's ever said is he wants to be a Raider for life, and he doesn't know he doesn't know if he'd play anywhere else if they were if they traded him or, or whatever. So. But this time, I thought it was going to be mostly what we saw. Right, exactly. And that's the thing about it. I mean, there's certain quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, for example, who will say some things on different platforms. You're like, okay, you could really get something. But Derek Carr, to me, never seemed like that guy. But one thing no. that one thing he did say was, and it, it kind of made me laugh, was that it was almost like the feeling out process. He was still trying to fill out Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, which is exactly what they said about him in their opening press conference. Did you catch that as well? Yeah, I think that's on the other end more than Derek Carr's end, to tell you the truth. Okay. I think they're deciding what they want to do with Derek Carr. And, you know, obviously that's their decision. And what everyone says is, hey, if you move on from him, then who's going to replace him? I mean, that, that's the biggest question. Like, who would be the quarterback if it's not him? So I still think it's more because, look, 
he's under contract. He, you know, he doesn't have much leverage. Right. So, you know, he, he can say he's trying to feel them out, but it's like, look, if they don't, if they don't want to do this, then something's going to be done. Or if they want you to extend you, then they'll extend you. But the juice lies in the, in the head coach and the GM, at least for now. Um, I was more impressed. I'll tell you what, we're talking about this on the show this morning. Um, if he, if he's not going to be a quarterback, go be a preacher. Cause he's having 15,000 men show up to this thing at Thomas Mack center, wow. uh, which is very impressive. 15,000. So obviously, um, he does a really good job on that end. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I just think that it's more McDaniels and Dave Ziegler kind of figuring out. And by now, man, I, I, I would think by now they have some idea, right? I mean, I know there's a combine this week, but it's not a great quarterback class. And, right. um, I would think by now they've got to have some kind of idea which way they're moving forward. I would have thought that would be one of the first things they really kind of decided on. Right. No, I agree 100% with that. And, and I look at it like this because people ask me all the time what I think about the quarterback position, who's going to be under center when the games start. And I, I said this, unless it's a guy that is a Hall of Famer, a potential Hall of Famer like a Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady maybe coming out of retirement, or Russell Wilson gets traded, I think that there's no doubt that they, they roll with Carr because they're not going to want to take a step backwards. And like you said, this quarterback class in the draft is not very good. No, it's not very good at all. Um now, you know, he he dealt with a better quarterback last year in New England, so it's he's not I don't think he's afraid to go with rookie quarterbacks, but you know, there's not that type of level of quarterback I don't think in this draft, or at least, you know, just looking on paper. So um I've always kind of felt they're gonna extend him. I'm not gonna come off that. I think they're gonna extend him. Now what the extension's gonna be, two years, three years, uh thirty a year, forty a year, I'm not so sure. Um, uh, but I do think they're gonna extend him and stay with him and for all we know those talks have taken place. Like I said, I didn't think he wasn't going to play his cards uh, the other day at, at a situation like that. He's there to promote, you know, his fellowship and his pilgrimage and his Christianity and all that. But he knew he knew guys were showing up, and you know, he knew he knew the media was showing up to ask him questions like that. But you know, he's always going to be well prepared. He's been doing this for a long time. He's not going to say anything out of hand, especially when nothing's been made public. Um, but I still think they'll extend them. I do too. I agree. We're talking right now with Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So uh, the Combine is going on, and you know you can feel one way or the other about the Combine. There's some people that love it. Some people are like, us. Oh, the Underwear Olympics doesn't really mean a whole lot. But as far as just what you think that the Raiders need to add to their team, you know, what, what kind of positions are you kind of looking at that you think that definitely needs to be addressed before uh, next season gets started? Well, and I don't know if they're going to come out of the Combine, um, but I think we both would agree they need a number one wide receiver, and that could come out of free agency depending on how much Carr signs for it. There's a lot of good receivers out there, you know, the top of the food chain uh, down to, you know, kind of journeymen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think offensive line they look at. I mean, they have they have uh, Casey Hayward's a free agent. Yeah, three interior defensive linemen, although I think I signed one today. Uh, went to Baylor, sick them, go Bears. Um, <laughs> and then uh, K.J. Wright. So there's, there's areas on the defensive side of things, and that's going to be interesting if they do play the 3-4, like who, who specifically they're most interested in and what positions. But those are just some positions I think you've you got to look at right away and say, okay, if it's not through the draft, it's through free agency. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd look at the receivers in the draft. I think, you know, they'll do their due diligence on all those guys and, and it might be both. It might be, hey, you you know, you can't get a Devontae Adams, but can you get a, you know, a Mike Williams? Can you get an Allen Robinson? Get one of those guys, and then draft another one. I mean, you know, Derek came out and said, you know, there's certain players he wants to play with. Now, again, Derek has very little leverage at this point, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it. But you know, if in fact they're listening to him and there's meetings that they say, hey, you know, are there guys out there? 
Who knows what Derek Carr is saying? We know what receiver he wants. Now, that's going to be a complete money issue with Devontae Adams because I think he's staying in Green Bay anyway with Rodgers. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, offensive line, receiver, corner, corner depth, even if Casey Hayward would resign. Um, I don't think they'll bring back Littleton. K.J. Wright's a free agent. So you, you've got some depth issues there. I think they'll look at all of it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm a, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm kind of a combine guy, especially now that we're covering a team in town. Right. To find out who they're looking at or who who they're interested in, if, if we can even find that out. But um, I know a lot of people who are not a combine guy, but I, I actually kind of like watching. No, I do too. I, I love watching the combine and checking it out. And you know, it's funny you can't fall in love with a, a guy that you weren't already kind of in love with before the combine, though. That's the biggest right, thing. Right. If you fall in love with Bruce Campbell or Obi Melon Fonwu or Taylor Mays or any of those guys that are workout warriors, then that's when you're in trouble. But I, I think if you go to the uh, and, and pay attention to the combine and and just verify what you already know, then that's the way to go. But. There's a lot of workout yeah, don't warriors fall in love there. With a guy because you see him on the bench press. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Or, or Darius, Darius Hayward Bay because he runs really fast, but you know he's only okay or average at catching the ball when that's his position, wide receiver, which yeah. is catching the ball. So uh, I asked Daniel Jeremiah. He had a, a big uh, teleconference the other day, a conference call on Friday. Uh, I asked him about Alex Leatherwood, and you know there's been rumblings that the Raiders are going to try him again at tackle, and uh, you know, and then see what he can do there. I think that you just need to keep him at guard. So I asked uh, Daniel Jeremiah, he said keep him at guard and just go get another right tackle. Do you agree that that's the right thing to do? Yeah, I think they saw enough of him at tackle last year, and I think Ziggler and, and uh, um, McDaniels will agree when they look at him. I mean, look, just, you know, the, it's just kids getting, his is going to be second year in. I don't think it's a total give-up or a one-off, but you know, I do think I'd keep him at guard. I agree with you, and, and if Daniel Jeremiah said that as well, I think you, you keep him at guard and you know, go find a tackle. I don't know if you find a tackle in free agency or there's someone in the draft that you fall in love with. I'm not so sure, but I'm with you. I, I keep Leatherwood a guard, and you hope he improves. You know, I mean, it's been a year. Um, he'll have new coaches around him. Maybe they can get something out of him that they couldn't last year. But you know, he was picked way too high uh, not to at least try him and try to keep it. You know, keep trying to improve him. And I, I would do it a guard as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and that's that's what I think that they need to do. Just let him stay at one position, try to get better and better and better, and continue to improve at that position, and just roll with that. And if you go get a you know a, a, a guy in free agency like you mentioned, like the guy in uh, in New York with the Jets right now, uh, you go get him, uh, him. You can go get any. You can do a lot of different things uh, to fill that right tackle position. But I don't think Alex Leatherwood is the way to go. I just got a couple more questions for you. As far as uh, you know, the the rest of uh, free agency is there anybody that we haven't talked about that that kind Kind of is is at the top of mind for you that you think would be a, a real good addition to the Raiders roster? I mean, I go back to the wide receivers because there's a lot of them out there. Um, I read something. I, I saw odds today on Allen Robinson, and they didn't have the Raiders very high. Um, I don't, you know, these guys who do odds, I don't really know what they know or if they know anything. Uh, maybe they're just looking at positions of needs. But I more look at. The, I'm more excited to see who they get at wide receiver than anything because if they do keep Carr. Um, he's going to want a number one receiver to go with Renfro, to go with others, um, to go with Zay Jones, to go with, uh, you know, Waller and stuff. So my eyes go to the wide receivers, and there's plenty of them. Devontae Adams is obviously the best. Um, I, you know, they've got a very small window here on whether to tag him or not, and I don't know if they can get a long-term deal done before next week, so they might have to use the tag, which I don't think they want you on him. But, you know, depending on the number we see from Aaron Rodgers, and the number we see from Devontae Adams, the Packers might be playing with two players next year because that's going to take a lot of, the, a lot of their money and their cat. So when it comes to the Raiders, though, I'm really interested if any of these wide receivers could fall to them. Talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond, had a question for you. 
All right, Ed. The green dot. Only... The green dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for keeping up on yeah. Twitter. All right, yeah. Ed. The Rebels, they only have a couple of games left in this season. Wyoming at home at New Mexico. What would be the grainy grade for Coach Kevin Kruger's first season? Oh, I think it's a solid BB+. Plus. I mean, look. Here's what I said. Here, I wrote it before the season. I believe it. They haven't been in the NCAA tournament since 2013. Uh, they have not been any good. They were picked seventh this year. He's going to fall in the fifth, and something crazy happens, but I don't think he will. They're going to be in the 4-5 game against San Diego State. Not a great matchup, but they can certainly beat San Diego State the way they're playing now. They lost to him twice, but they're, they're playing much better now. But I wrote in, in, in November as this. Be better in December and November. Be better in January December and so on. Be better in March than February. And they've gotten progressively better. So I think Kevin's done a tremendous job. Can they go win the, the Mountain West Tournament? I think they can. I'd say they can't um, play three straight days at the level they would have to play. Um, but I think Kevin's done a terrific job. Like I said, they are much better. If they got progressively worse, then it's not a good look. But he's gotten them progressively better for the last you know, two, three months. And I think Kevin's doing a really good job. Um, I didn't see – did you see? I did not see they were in for a five-star who supposedly was going to um, – in the last few minutes, commit. It was them, Arizona, or um, or Illinois. I didn't see that. He went but to Arizona. Yep. Okay, went to Arizona. Okay, he's a, you know, he's an Arizona kid in AAU and stuff. I get that. I mean, that's – and it's Arizona. I right. Mean, number two team <laughs> in the country, and, you know, I mean, you go to Arizona. I get that. So he went to Arizona. But, see, the fact to me, and I don't know what you guys think, the fact they're in the top top three with that kid, someone's doing something right. I mean, there's someone. Sure. I mean, you know, you're going against a Big 12 team in Underwood. The kid was from Champaign. Now he's in Arizona. You're going against Arizona. I know Kevin had maybe some connections with his dad back in high school, but you know, to be in a top three with that kid, I think Kevin's doing a really good job. I'd say BB plus, um, and I think he's just done really, really solid. And I think, you know, they're going to lose Bryce Hamilton. Um, he could have a COVID year, but there's really no reason for Bryce to come back at this point. He should probably try to make money somewhere. Um, so they're going to have to replace about 24, 25 points of scoring. But I, I think Kevin's up for it. I think Kevin's a really good, really good coach, and I think he has surprised a lot of people. I know he surprised me in a lot of ways, and. I think he surprised about just about everybody when that IR was made. All right, Ed, so I'm getting the headline ready. <laughs> Ed Graney says UNLV wow. is going to wow. win the Mountain West Tournament. Wow. Yeah, thanks, listen, Ed. Listen, Green Dot, please don't put that out there. I get, it, <laughs> I get, enough, I get enough bad emails as it is. I, I can't take any more bad emails. And he's got to work with Tyler in the morning. Tyler will drill yeah, him, I, man. He's got to work oh, with Tyler. <laughs> that, would, that would put it over the edge for everything. But I do um, – like I said, there, there's no – I saw Boise the other night, and Boise played well against some Boise's a good team, but I don't know what you think. I just don't look at any team and say, oh, they're unbeatable. They can't do it. You know, there's no, there's no like, Gonzaga in, in, in the Mountain West, you know, and there's no team like, ah, oh, it's not going to happen. So I'd say no, DeMond, because they're fifth seed, and they'd have to play really well three straight days. But who knows, man? I mean, they, if the team that showed up against the, the three wins before Boise, they could do it. If the team that showed up against Boise, they'll be out in the first game. So – We'll have to see, but it, it does make it exciting, doesn't it? I mean, for the first time in a while now, we'll be at the Mountain West Tournament, like watching that team, you know, thinking they have a bit of a chance. Right. No, and hey, look, if, wait. if everything that happened on Saturday happens, uh, you know, could happen on Saturday with all those uh, top teams in college basketball dropping, anything could yeah. happen. I mean, yeah. you never know. Gonzaga just fell to St. Mary's, so that was number yeah, one dropping right. to number 23. So there, there you go. Right. Granny, before we let you go, man, this is fantastic. As always, today we found out that the Raiders and Jags are going to kick off the preseason with the Hall of Fame game, so we'll all be there in Canton, Ohio. Right. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is, and is that kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a – not a help, but does that – I guess it does help. Does that help Josh McDaniels any as he gets uh, gets acclimated as the new head coach of the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, it gives him an extra game, right? Right. I mean, if I'm him, I want as much time as possible to get acclimated, to get my stuff in, and 
make sure everyone knows what to do before the uh, regular season starts. Now, they're going to play Jacksonville there? Yeah. That's interesting because they're going to play. I, I'm making the call. I think you're going to agree that they're going to play Jacksonville. And Well, okay, so Jacksonville is going to be in London, and the Saints are going to be in London at different times, and they're both road games for the Raiders. Right. So I will just fall off the chair I'm sitting in right now if the Raiders aren't in one of those games. Yeah, so, I, I, I would think that they're going to be in London as well. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe they play the Saints so you don't have to play Jacksonville in the preseason and in the regular season. Um, but I, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, if it's a – you know, if it's a team with, like, Belichick or the coach has been there forever, I don't know if you want the extra game, the extra exhibition game. But if you're a team with McDaniels, even if it's backups, even if it's guys like that playing, but you want to get your system more in tune, I think it's a really good move for them. Right. I do, too. And so it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait. You know, I was saying at the beginning of the show, I thought that uh, the Raiders should have played in the Hall of Fame game last year since they had multiple Raiders going in. But I know that they're talking about Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour, not just Cliff Branch this year. I kind of yeah. forget about Richard Seymour. But last year, it was huge. Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. That would have been the one for me. But, hey, it, it, it's a year later, so what? We'll be in uh, Canton, Ohio, and we'll all be watching the games and uh, we'll spend a weekend there at the Hall of Fame. So it should be a lot of fun. What do you got coming out on the Review Journal and also uh, what you got coming up on the Press Box? Um, cool deal with the Press Box this week. Jared did a great job uh, getting us. We got at least one pro football-focused guy from the Combine every day. Nice. So that'll be really cool. Um, Golden Knights, man, they, they, they got to get off the wood here and get off the ice. I mean, they're not playing very well, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. They play the Sharks tomorrow night. They play Boston on Thursday. They need to get back at it because um, they're not playing well at all. And then I'm sure we'll talk about this kid going to Arizona tomorrow and not the Rebels. Right. Absolutely. Well, Ed, great stuff as always, my man. We do appreciate you. Uh, great job on the Press Box and Review Journal. You know that. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. See you, Green Dot. See <laughs> there he goes. There is Ed Graney. You can find him on Twitter at Ed Graney and also on uh, the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff every single morning on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And he writes for the Review Journal, does a great job. And he's won how many awards now? Like 50? I mean, he's the sports writer of the year in every this year. state. Every, every year. He's like Tiger Woods at his prime when he's everyone else is just playing for a second. Exactly. Because right? Ed Graney's in this state. Right. Ed Graney's there. in this town. Exactly. So, hey, look, we got award winners on this show, and we do it every week, even when we have other guys that try to jack him off the show. But it's okay. We got him. We got him. He's we ain't letting, We ain't letting Vinny steal him. <laughs> I'm saying it loud so everyone in the building can hear me, including Vinny. We ain't going to let them steal them. 345 is the time. When we come back, we'll close out the show. Damon will tell us about fight night Saturday night. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Had an action-packed show so far today. We're going to close it out just uh, in a few minutes with DeMond telling us about what happened Saturday night, a little fight night action. I uh, do want to thank uh, Danielle McCartan, who uh, joined the show earlier today to talk about Patrick Graham's defense, Coach Kevin Soros from Liberty High School, and we just heard from Ed Graney. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Also, new Raider defensive tackle Andrew Billings will join the show, and uh, we got some sounds from the Combine, or we got some people that will be live there at the Combine that will check in with us at 2.30 as well. So we'll have an action-packed show tomorrow. Now, without further ado, DeMond has been this guy. He's on a mission. He's trying to get this uh, show established. He's been working really hard behind the scenes. And so, DeMond, you got to set us up. You got to let me know what the details are. What is the name of this uh, new show that you're trying to put together? 
The Fight Game. Okay, he's trying to put together a show called The Fight Game. So he's been working uh, with this idea behind the scenes. And here at, uh, at uh, the Las Vegas Sports Network, we have about four different radio stations, sports stations. So we have plenty of airwaves to put it on. But we're trying to get DeMond lined up and trying to get him set up so he can be ready to, you know, take over and do his thing. So with that being said, he got a credential Saturday night, went out to the fights. And what was your takeaways? What, what happened? Just let us know how everything shook out. Well, first off, this fight, Showtime Boxing, it was at the Chelsea inside the Cosmopolitan. And I've never been inside the Chelsea, but I will say this, not a bad seat in the house. The way the way it's set up, that theater, even on the balcony level, everyone, it's a very intimate setting. And you everyone's got a good look at the fight. So I will say that again. I'll just put that over. If you're nice. looking at a venue and it's like, hey, it's at the Chelsea inside the Cosmopolitan, just go because it's not going to be a bad seat no matter how you get in. All right. Oh, I like that. That's good. I saw a couple pictures that you tweeted out, so it looked like there was some good stuff going on, and uh, make sure you keep that up. So now uh, we had talked to uh, Chris Copeland. We had talked to him on – Chris uh, Colbert. Col- Colbert, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, see, there you go. I'm glad you know the, the fight game more than I do. Uh, Chris Colbert, that's right, prime time. That's what I called him. Uh, we talked to him quite a bit, I believe, on Thursday, preparing for that Saturday fight. So uh, I saw some reviews, and I saw some tweets that looked like that he didn't do so well. So give us your uh, your, your rundown. He, he was too confident going into the fight, too cocky. He's going in there. He's like, I'm going to finish him. I'm going to knock him out. Just don't know what round it is. We even asked him. You asked him, hey, what do you think about your opponent, right. a replacement? He's like, I don't really know too much about him. Well, he should have did some studying up because Hector <laughs> Garcia came in there, and it was defeating. Like Because you, you could see Colbert, he comes in, like, hey, that first round or two, yeah. it's like, yo, man, whatever he had planned wasn't going to work out. Garcia really? stops respecting his power. He's stalking him down, walking him down the entire fight, knocks him down in the seventh. In the 11th round, he stands in the center of the ring, Garcia, right. and hits Colbert with the arms out wide. Are you go like? Are you not entertained? Come to me in the center of the ring. Really? And it, wow. it was straight. It was disrespectful. Wow, that's wow. Okay. And so let me ask you this: as far as him taking that fight, and it was a replacement. Garcia was not the original guy planned to to fight. How much do you think that that affected him, or was that just strictly on Colbert for not taking the fight as seriously? I think that's on Colbert for not taking him as serious because hey, this guy's the replacement. I'm still going to knock out who I'm fighting. And Garcia came in there with the strategy, and he was attacking him because once a fighter once he realizes that you can't do nothing with me you're letting him he's he's got you he's got you right where he wants you he was stalking him down had him up against the ropes like i said knocked him down to the canvas and i felt like probably midway through the fight that sixth round but then frown before the knockdown i felt like covert realized that hey this is just going to be me putting on my track shoes and just not getting knocked out for the rest of this fight wow because it was just it was running after like round seven yeah it was nothing but running okay all right well that was that was and he sounded uh the one thing i did i will take away i don't i mean i didn't hear him i wasn't there for the press conferences but from all my understanding is he was pretty gracious in defeat like hey i got my tail handed to me yes he was and also one of the undercard fights gary antoine russell fought victor postal victor postal from the ukraine and, you know, it was a, a heavy fight for him, you can only imagine. But he did, the, it was a finish, a premature stoppage, 30 seconds left, and they gave Russell the night, like the TKO stoppage. And Brian Salmon was talking to me, and he said, I think that they just did that because he's got a 13-fight stoppage streak. So they wanted to boost him up to 14 oh. because Victor Postal, he, like, they let the man go out on the shield. This man's got the weight of the world on his shoulders right mm-hmm. now with what's going on back in the Ukraine. And to stop the fight with 30 seconds left, 
it's a little bit disrespectful. Let him go out on the shield. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'll say that I feel like the the boxing game, no, there's no disrespect. Uh, they, they do some stuff like that at times. You know, there's some stuff that can come into question. Let's put it like that uh, multiple times that uh, they always say, don't leave it to the officials. Don't leave it to the judges. Don't. De- I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that they say about boxing. OK, so that's what's up. That was a that, that was a good rundown of what happened Saturday night. So what's next? What's what's next for uh, for for boxing? I know you have a big uh, interview coming up as well. Exactly. You mean the Tony Khan interview? Hey, is that the interview you got coming up? Yeah, that's the interview I have coming up, but that's wrestling. Come on, this is AEW. Well, I'm asking. I, well, yeah. well, he was part of this, wasn't he? No. I said it was earlier and you agreed with me. I just kind of kept you it weren't moving. paying attention. No, I did. I so was yeah, paying attention. But it's sometimes it's just like just let someone talk, you know. You don't you don't no, need to you don't need get, to be the know it right. all. Let's get we're in the getting it right business. Let's don't let someone talk. Jeez. I thought he was part of this event. No, not at all. Nothing at all. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, because now I'm curious. Because when we were at the Super Bowl and you were talking to Tony Khan, I, I was there sitting there with him. He invited me to an event. That wasn't the event on Saturday? No, it was not. Oh, okay. He invited us to Double or Nothing. Tickets okay. go on sale this Friday, pre-sale this Thursday. And that's probably what we're going to be talking about uh, on Wednesday. Okay. Well, see, now you got you to gotta, you gotta keep me up, up, to, up to speed on these kind of things. You got to let me know. So let me ask you this. Are you going to that event as well? Oh, double or nothing? Yeah, I'd probably go to that. Just pay my own money. No, but are you? No, that's not the right answer. Are are, are you going to be there covering it? Is this something that you're going to be all over? What are you going to do? Yes, I'll ask him for the credential right then and there when we get him on the show. Uh, yes, I want to be there at double or nothing. Okay, all right. We're trying to learn you, man. We're trying to get you where you need to be. Uh, we're trying to get this show launched for you uh, again. What'd you call it? The fight game, the fight scene, the fight game with Demon Cotton. There you go. The fight game with Demon Cotton. Well, I'm gonna need you to to keep that thing moving, man. You got to keep on uh, keep on keeping on, and and we'll make it happen one way or the other. Three fifty six at the time. Vinny Boss yours coming up next in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. He's got a lot to bring to you. A lot of good guests coming up on the show and a good preview of what's going down at the Combine in Indianapolis. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio 920.